Hi, we're Mel and Missy, respectfully a clinical mental health therapist and fear fighter life coach. But it goes beyond that. We are representatives of you. Trash It is a brand that helps women focus on their next level of freedom by getting rid of the emotional garbage in their lives, whether it's toxic relationships, thought patterns, stigmas, etc. We represent mothers and single mothers, daughters, wives, and divorcees, business professionals, entrepreneurs, and even Christians and ministers of the gospel. We're, We're trashing, trashing it all. and welcome back to another episode of Trashed It. I'm your girl, Mel, and my girlfriend, Missy, is not here with me today. She's not. Um, I'm kind of sad about it because she's out doing political things, which we absolutely support um, and are super excited that she's doing. So she's not with me today. It's me, but I have a wonderful guest who I'm going to let introduce herself um, here in just a minute because we have, oh my God, y'all, it is, it is a topic that may make me actually clutch my pearls. Um, it's that topic, right? It's that topic. So I'm going to let my colleague Jennifer introduce herself and then we're going to get into this this very clutch my pearls topic. <laughs> well, thank you, Mel. I appreciate it. Uh, thank you for having me. Um, so hi, everybody. My name is Jennifer Smith, and I am a marriage and family mental health and sex therapist. Uh, and I am currently in the Alexandria, Virginia area practicing, mm -hmm. um, but I do workshops online, in person, do all types of workshops. So anything from orgasm to uh, masturbation to just how to give a good blow job or how to please your partner so see i'm, cl I'm clutching my pearls already <laughs> clutching my pearls already <laughs> we gotta normalize it right we gotta normalize it like, we I all want to be pleasured right right so usually there's at the very beginning of the show um I'll usually ask Missy, so what are we trashing today? Right. <laughs> and since she's not here, yeah, you know, I'm I'll just go ahead and say what we're trashing is this thought that women aren't supposed to talk about sex, that mm -hmm. you know, that it's very taboo, um, that there's something wrong. If we're talking about sex, you know, usually it comes with with people, you know, thinking lowly of us sometimes yeah right? um so that is that's what we're trashing tonight and before we kind of get into that I absolutely want to give um kudos because for those that don't know Jennifer was on an episode of Love and Marriage DC which <laughs> is one of my favorite reality shows and I remember uh, when you had you had something I think on your social media and I thought oh my gosh I know her oh this is so dope and so when I was watching the show I was like yes and I thought wow this is such a taboo subject because even in watching the show that <laughs> night I was like oh oh my god she has gonna just put it right out there yes that product out there too but but so so what was it what was it like being on the show let me let's let's get that out there first what was it like being on the yeah. show yeah 
Um, one, let me just say how it, like nerve wracking it was to sit on it as a secret for like four months. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I was like this, I'm not very good at keeping secrets. And this was a big one. Mm-hmm. Um, I was under NDA, so I couldn't say anything to anybody. Um, and it's the Oprah Winfrey network, right? So like mm-hmm. I freaked out, I geeked out like, uh, for, for a moment. Uh, but the filming day is pretty interesting because I, was sequestered. So I really didn't know anything that was happening earlier mm-hmm. in the day, like with them on the bus. I didn't know anything about that. Mm-hmm. Um, literally, I actually knew Winter. Um, we mm-hmm. met years ago at a conference and, you know, just became acquaintances and colleagues. And, you know, we saw each other from time to time at different therapeutic events. Mm-hmm. Um, and then she was the one that gave me this opportunity and said, hey, I think we need a sex therapist. Would you be interested in doing a <laughs> workshop? And I was like, uh, yeah, I would. That would be amazing. That so is- the day of filming, um, yeah, I just kind of walked in and it's not my typical setup though, you know, like typically I, I already have all my stuff set up and then people come into the room. So it was a little bit out of my element actually. Yeah. Setting Mm -hmm. it all up as people already there making comments. Right. Um, I, I don't watch reality TV that much, so I didn't know any of the people. So I really didn't know their backgrounds. Mm -hmm. Um, and that's why I wanted to do like an introduction. Um, and it is kind of nerve wracking because there's like four cameras on the other side of what you all are seeing. And they're like, just act natural. And I'm like, this is not natural. This is not natural. It's very weird, Mm -hmm. um, actually. But it was um, a good experience. I'm really glad I did it. It's way out of my comfort zone. So I'm really glad I did it. And I'm really thankful for how vulnerable the couples were with me. Um, I felt like Chris's story of sharing what it was like as a black boy, you know, watching porn as a young kid and nobody really explaining it to you. And now as an adult, nobody's still explaining it, you know? And it's like, people feel like sex education has to stop because you're an adult and that's not Mm -hmm. the case. And so I was really appreciative for some of those beautiful moments that came out of, you know, like my 10 minutes of of being on TV that that might've helped somebody else. And that's one of the reasons really why I did it. Right. Right. And I know, you know, even as we were talking before we started the show with, with trashed it, you know, what we tend to do and what we always um, are after is, trashing the stigmas, right? Trashing those things that especially for women, um, as Black women, as women of color, that we are often challenged with. Um, And I think sex is a huge one. And I know there are probably going to be quite a few that will either watch this or listen to it and think, oh my gosh, what are they talking about? That, right? But but that's what we... um, that's what we champion on, on Trashed It. So mm-hmm. as we get into it and we talk about just this double standard, yeah. do, do you think, number one, there's a double standard when it comes to talking about sex, being sexual even? Oh, definitely. I, I definitely think there's a double standard. I think society has set it up like that for a long time. Um, And I think that when society has set it up like that, it translates into the parenting factor because a lot of the the couples or or individuals that I meet for therapy, their sex education started at home or even lack thereof the sex education at home or in school. And so, you know, it's like society gave you this picture of what sex should look like. Boys and men should be playboys. Mm -hmm. And if women are promiscuous, they're sluts and whores, Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. right? And then, so that's what gets taught to you at home of like, well, you can't 
have sex with multiple people that would just be dirty Mm -hmm. but your brother can and as long as he's using protection it's okay like that just makes zero sense I definitely think there's huge double standard when it comes to that but I love the space that we're in now where it is becoming more of not of a double standard you know women are encouraged you know to I mean when I think of Cardi B and Mega Stallion and like what they did with WAP I was like mm-hmm. this was a song that women have been waiting years to be able to just bust out and sing okay. and like have that freedom and not feel guilt or shame about it you know and like even Little Kim you know mm-hmm. coming out long yeah. ago and, and doing all these songs that just was like I don't care I, I could do whatever you I want. She was considered a bad girl back in the day though. Exactly exactly you know? but now I mean, look at what she's done to open the doors right. for other people, right? But I I grew up in the Little Kim era. So mm-hmm. for me, like, I can remember just hearing, I was like, oh my gosh, she's talking about sucking dick on a record? Like, whoa, the, I've never <laughs> heard those, those words before. Mm-hmm. Um, and I was just like, but again, like, it makes you curious. And it's like, wow, she can just walk around in a bikini and, and a fur coat. It's cool. Mm-hmm. Like, I like it. Yeah. You know, like, I think... Um, women started breaking the doors down a while ago, but I love the space that we're in now where it's it's more normalized and people really don't have that much to say about it because they're like, I mean, y'all been waiting to say this shit for a long time and you deserve to be able to live however you want to live and do whatever you want with your body. Right, right. I remember growing up and, you know, like you were saying, we are initially taught about sex um, just in childhood, right? And I can still remember to this day, my mom saying, you just you just don't do it until you're married right (laughs) like that was the conversation that was it there was no there was no ifs ands buts about it and I think for so many of us um especially those of us who say grew up in church or just you know in in maybe stricter environments um it really came across as this Ooh, we don't talk about it we don't discuss it. Mm-hmm. You didn't even know, like, oh my God, it can be amazing. Yeah. Right. There was no, there's no conversation about that. No, no, there's right? not. No, there's there's never a conversation about that. I always say there's five things that they never talk to you about in sex educa- education: pleasure, orgasms, masturbation, oral sex, anal. Mm-hmm. None of those are ever covered in sex education. Mm-hmm. Why not? Hmm. why not I never I never thought about that never yeah thought about that. they never talk about the pleasure aspect they talk about the reproduction that's true that's true you know what I never even I never even thought about that mm-hmm. to be quite honest so, um, where, so as we grow up to be adults where, where would you learn when would you learn right unless you're actively right. seeking out that information to to study it to understand it most people's first tool is porn mm-hmm. which Porn can be really helpful in some ways, but it's not for everybody. And that's it. It's only visual. It's not really breaking it down and 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 teaching you about how to be a lover. Mm-hmm, right. And and that I think is a big component that that we miss um, as adults is like really learning how to be a lover to somebody, helping actually pleasure your partner and and teaching them how to pleasure you. Mm-hmm. So I think as a as a relationship therapist and mm-hmm. coach. Um, what some people may not realize is just how often, even in counseling couples, yeah. right? Sometimes the issue is not just the intimacy part, but sometimes there are challenges that come up when it's 
about sex or mm -hmm. about the pleasure within sex. Um, how often do you see people that willingly come to you for sex therapy? Um, most of the time I would say they're willing. Um, I, it's, a, it's interesting in my career, I've had more men come to sex therapy than women. That's crazy. Really? I've had more men come and usually it's been the man that's actually initiated couples therapy. Yeah. Wow. And it's interesting to me that that was kind of the narrative because I never thought it was going to be that way. But by the time they come see me, they are like at the last resort of we need to figure this out or we may not make it. We might break up. So they're willing to put themselves out there, you know, because they might have tried a lot of different things. And they're like, all right, so if it's going to take me talking to you to figure this out, then I'm willing to do it, you know. Um, and it's interesting because I've had a lot of males that have come to therapy for and initially like by themselves and I'm like we need to involve your partner at some point because you want to have sex with them right. we're going to talk with them right. um and it's interesting because it's the women that are the ones that are withholding sex as a as a punishment mm -hmm. and, or like a way to manipulate the situation and that always makes me really disappointed to mm -hmm. see that women are are still doing that mm -hmm. <laughs> um, oh all the time all the time uh -huh. Um, and it, you know, I really try to break down and a lot of, I would say 90% of the time it's because of what they learned in childhood or what they learned at church. Mm -hmm. And that's yep. the reason why they do what they do to their partners now. Mm -hmm. So for those that may not even understand what sex therapy is, yeah, right, let's, let's maybe explain that because mm -hmm. even say if someone comes to me for couples counseling, yes. right, I understand that you know, if we're going more in depth with, with where they are intimately, mm -hmm. I'm going to refer them to a sex <laughs> therapist, right? Someone that's, that's talking to them about what your bedroom life is like. Yeah. So yeah. Explain to people what sex therapy really is. Yeah. So sex therapy is a good question. A lot of people don't really know, but sex therapy is, is ultimately a big umbrella for something specific. Um, and it could, it, people automatically think, oh, sex therapy, you ha it has to be about sex. And it really, it doesn't. It's really about like intimacy. Mm -hmm. um, it can be sex related, but could be because you're having issues with your genitals. It could be because you've had some type of sexual trauma in the past. And now you're trying to work on having a healthy sex life with somebody, um, you know, and then I have the flip side of it. I have people that are, you know, living polyamorous lifestyles and, and that takes a lot of work and coordination when you have multiple <laughs> partners in one relationship and you're trying to work on placing everyone's intimacy. And that can be a lot, um, or just even the communication aspect to be intimate. Mm -hmm. Um, and then, you know, people are in BDSM and kink and things like that. So some um, sex therapy is a big umbrella, uh, but each person will have their own specific areas that they like to work with or work on. So, um, you know, if you want to see a sex therapist, I encourage you to look some up, see, see what works for you. Take mm -hmm. the advantage of doing like a free 15 minute, 20 minute consultation to see if that person's going to be a good fit for you. Um, you will not hurt their feelings if they're not. <laughs> uh, but I definitely encourage people if you're looking for a sex therapist, make sure you do the consultation to make sure that that person's a good fit for you and they understand what you're looking for in a therapist and with that specific issue. Mm -hmm. When do you think it's time for in a relationship, right? Mm -hmm. or, well, let me, let me back up. Do you always get couples or people that are in relationships or do you sometimes get singles 
who oh, yeah. work out things sexually? It's like 50, 50. Um, like I definitely get singles or maybe like the recently singled, you know, like I, uh, over the course of the pandemic, I've had a lot of people who got divorced, you know, mm -hmm. they had been married yeah. to somebody for a long time. And most of the time when people are, you know, just getting out of a divorce, they might have not been intimate with that person for the last year or two. Mm -hmm. So, you know, now they're kind of like, all right, I'm trying to figure out how to get back out there. But, I, you know, got lots of questions and quirks about like what it is to have sex with somebody new for the first time in a long mm -hmm. time. So there is some like some sex coaching involved and but also talking about like what do they want intimacy to look like now mm -hmm. with someone new versus how it looked like with someone you were married to. Right. It's a little different. Mm -hmm. Um and so, yeah, so I do see that a lot with my singles, um, with couples, um, again, because of the pandemic, people just kind of felt like they were hitting a wall sexually. Yeah. What can we do now? Um, how do I talk to my partner about something I want to participate in that I know that they may be resistant to, mm -hmm. you know, like yeah. how to bridge yeah. conversations, you know, people want to explore and try some I, new stuff. Yeah. I've honestly had that come up quite a few times. Um, mm -hmm just with, with couples in therapy yeah. where, you know, one partner may want to try something different. <laughs> and I think because of the way, way in which they approach it, it's yeah. an automatic, like, no, are you crazy? I would never, I would <laughs> never do that. Right. So yeah. you're saying you help them also have the verbiage to have those conversations. Yeah. And I like to break it down a little bit of, um, so tell me about like, what's your thoughts about what they asked and like, what's your thoughts about that act or that toy or that party or whatever that they want to, you know, like want to participate in, you know, and, and get some more background. Some, a lot of times I find that, um, in sex therapy with couples, they don't go there. They don't ask those questions. Like, it's so yeah. like, Therapy is the safe space to ask those questions that you didn't feel safe asking mm -hmm. outside. But I'm asking, I'm like, so you said that you didn't want to be tied up. Is there any reason why you don't want to be tied <laughs> up? And it's like, you know, they're like, oh yeah, because I was assaulted 10 years ago. And and the partner's like, you never told me that. And, mm -hmm. and the partner's like, you never asked me. Mm -hmm. And I'm like, okay, guys, now we have something more here that it's it's a little more deeper than just. I'm just rejecting the idea there's mm -hmm. something else behind it so I really do try to help people unpack what are some of their um, resistance to try new things and sometimes it is more simple of like I just don't like it I saw it on a porn it looked nasty I'm like would you be willing to at least try something else that's like uh you know not quite that but you know it kind of assimilates that or something like that or would you what, what else would you be willing to try that you would feel comfortable with you know like asking what, where can we meet in the middle on certain things? Mm -hmm. When it comes to um, definitely women who have had trauma, right? Yeah. Especially sexual trauma. What are some things you're able to say to them that help them um, start to look at sex in this, in, in more of a healthy or more of a positive way? Because yeah. get that a lot as well. Yeah. So this is a two-part answer for me. So First part, I usually ask them, have they actually processed that trauma mm -hmm. at some point? Um, because I don't like to encourage them to do anything if they haven't really actually tr processed that trauma. Because mm -hmm. I feel like it will still be a reoccurring thing that's going to come up. Mm -hmm. uh, so I ask them if they've, you know, if they've actually worked on it. If they've worked on it, then I'm like, okay, so 
let's talk about like what you'd be willing to try in this relationship or what would make you feel safe or what would you, what do you feel curious about, you know? And so we might toss around some different ideas or toys or um, some type of kink play, or, you know, maybe even going to some of these workshops where they just educate you on different types of kinks or, or different things to try. Um, mm -hmm. So I might just like encourage, I always go with the workshops first because it's a safe approach. You get lots of information and then it's more like a, it's a conversation. You're going to go home and talk about it and for a couple of days, maybe, you know, and then come back to session and let's talk about like what you felt safe with. So I definitely encourage them to be open. Mm -hmm. Um, and if they're willing to, if they want to be with this person, um, you know, intimately, then I really encourage them to be open, but also really listen to what their partner's needs are as well. Um, and cause I find that some people are just like, no, I'm not doing it. And I'm like, I get that. And that's fine. But listen to your partner and see what else they, they, what they're desiring, you know, like, are you willing to at least find a way to help them reach where they desire? Um, do you so find that women, do you find that women are, because again, in thinking about the fact that usually men are the ones that are coming to you right mm -hmm. and women we're the ones that are more so not so open to have the conversation not mm -hmm. you know we're the ones who are withholding yeah you see that um women once they get to you right mm -hmm. and once they're having a conversation with you do you find that women are more open to explore or do you find that it's men um I do find that men are more open to explore, but that's also because society has normalized it for yeah. them. Yeah. Women, it's not been as normalized. It's like, you could do that, but don't tell nobody. Like, you know, it's still like. <laughs> like, what know? is it? Lady in, lady in the streets and a freak in the, freak in the streets. Yeah. 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 It's, it's, it's still like not normalized, you know? And um, even amongst girlfriends, like, I, you know, like there's been plenty of times that I've had women in workshops and they're like, oh, I, I can't tell my friends, you know, about, you know, the nasty stuff that I want to do to my husband because they're going to think I'm nasty. And I'm like, wait, what? And then I find <laughs> out that women are like shaming other women in group chats or, or during a girl's night mm -hmm. based on something that you're doing to pleasure your partner. And I'm like, that's not for anyone else to make opinions about, you know, like if that's what you and your partner want to do and you both consented and both enjoyed it, more power mm -hmm. to you. Right. Um, and I think that there's just like not enough encouragement or normalizing going on for women to be open to trying new things or doing new things. But again, that wasn't part of the sex education conversation. Mm -hmm. it, it just wasn't. Men have always been encouraged to masturbate, you know, like or to go out and sleep with women or go to, um, you know, a strip club or go to an escort. Like they've always been encouraged to be sexually mm -hmm. free. Women have always been repressed. Mm -hmm. So it's, it's, I feel like there's still some stigmas there that we're trying to work through with getting women to just see that it's normal. Um, and you can have desires and you can be as nasty as you want. Whatever. Like, you well, know, say it, say it louder for the people yeah, yeah. in the back. <laughs> you can be as nasty as you want whenever you want. Okay. Um, I want women to know that because yeah. you're free. You're free to do that. Um, but I wanted to go back to your question about trauma because mm -hmm. you you said, like, you know, a lot of women have trauma. But I'm going to say, I'm, I want to want people to hear me that men have sexual trauma too. And they very rarely have a space to talk about it. 
like very rarely. Mm -hmm. And I've always felt very, very fortunate when I've had male clients that came in to talk about their sexual trauma because they felt safe to, um, but there, there's, there is a lot of men that do. And I, again, when in, in sexual conversations with partners, I think it's, it's good for both partners to ask, do you have any sexual traumas that I should know about? Mm-hmm. Just phrase it, vote very open, settle, like very subtle. Um, and whether they choose to share or not, that's up to them. But at least you ask the question, because I do find that when my male clients have been resistant to Mm -hmm. something the woman is initiating, then the woman shames the men about not wanting to do something. Wow. Without knowing his sexual trauma. Right. So speaking of when we, when we talk about sex shaming, Mm -hmm. what really comes to mind for you? When I think of sex shaming, I think of people putting a sexual partner down Mm -hmm. for a multitude of reasons. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's really, they're doing it for their own advantage to feel good about it or to guilt trip somebody in doing a sexual act. Mm. Do you think you, do you think we see that often? Definitely. Definitely. I, I was like blown away at how much I found out that women were sex shaming each other in just friend circles. Right. You That's know? the crazy thing, right? Because it's us. Y'all, it, it really right. It, it is it is us yeah yeah so it's almost as if we are keeping ourselves bound yeah. um, based on these belief systems that we've grown up in mm-hmm. it's as if there's no room to right. grow no room mm-hmm. to free and no room to just even have that type truth yeah with your girlfriends yeah right like it's one thing for guys right to sex shame maybe mm-hmm. but what we're saying and what what I hear you saying is it's usually us it's that- usually the black women ah! yeah it's usually it's usually the 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 women of color I will say that the white women are definitely praising each other and doing <laughs> and encouraging them to be as nasty as they want with their party they are they are encouraging um, you know, it's the black women that, that are really the ones that are not, yeah, we um, grew up so different, so different. The church was a big part. Absolutely. Um, and even for Hispanic women or for Caribbean women, they all, you know, they, most of them grew up like Catholic. Mm-hmm. And so like those, um, and it's, it's a lot, a lot of requirements and that religion, right. That's limiting on what you can do, um, or even talk about. Right. You know, like they may be having lots of sex, but they they are not, not talking, talking about, about it. No. At um, all. No. And and it's unfortunate that we've had these constraints, right? Like put on multiple generations mm-hmm. to not talk about it or to shame another person about what they're doing, you know? Right. And so like I think about it from the perspective of when you go to someone's wedding. Mm-hmm. And they ask the audience, you know, like, do you support them? Will you help them? You know, like when they do that part of the service and you say, I do, or I will, right, support this couple up there. I take that very seriously. And that that covers all basis of the marriage. I'm going to be there and support you. So mm-hmm. if as your friend and I'm asking how y'all doing, I'm also going to ask, like, how's the sex going? Like, how's your sex life going? Or how's your intimate relationship going? I think we're so one dimensional with it, right? Yeah. yeah. Um, I, th- I think for so many of us, 
we've grown up with this picture of, and I'm, you know, I'm, I'm guilty of it as well, Mm -hmm. coming from this very Christian background and all the things we, we have been taught that marriage is this, 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 right. And it is only this, this, this. Yeah. So when we're taught that it's, that it's within this, these confines, it's, it's, it's right here. It's this narrow path. It, it, it doesn't lend itself to anything you're talking about. Right. Right. And so when, when we hear, I think maybe girlfriends who are more willing to be, um, sexually open or Mm -hmm. they want to experience something different many women I think are thinking but wait a minute Mm -hmm. you're you're in this relationship it's it's supposed to be this without this we're very rigid in in our thoughts about it Mm -hmm. Um, and I think some a lot of times that plays a part into how our sexual lives how our sex lives how they dwindle over time exactly who's gonna ask you about it right like who's gonna ask you about it besides your partner like y'all in it together but right like because I I can still remember I I had a very different upbringing when it came to sex education I was like very informed early Mm -hmm. and 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 I was surrounded by lots of married women so like I can still remember them getting together and having lingerie parties at the house Mm -hmm. you know what I mean like encouraging Mm -hmm. like yeah girl you get this one with the cords that like that was part of their their support for one another you know what I mean and then we quickly moved into right like the Tupperware era and like <laughs> Avon and shit, shit like that you know what I mean it's like wait how we get away from the lingerie parties like mm-hmm. you know and like now I do get excited when I hear people talking about still having like toy parties and things mm-hmm. like that but that's not happening as frequent as it once and was if you go you want it to be a secret exactly exactly and it's like girl you married who cares like <laughs> you, you married or you with this person or you're just a sexual being and that's okay how do you think it, how do you think you know those of us who are younger right because mm-hmm. I do think it has to do also with just the, the generations yeah and our older generations of course they taught us you know that you don't present yourself as this sexual being <laughs> you don't you know you don't do that yeah so as as we try to step away from those stigmas how do you suggest we do that you know I've really tried to like normalize it I could be a sexual being fully clothed makeup (laughs) off glasses on like I could still be a sexual being Mm -hmm. no matter what I got on Mm -hmm. or how I present myself Mm -hmm. so you know I think that that narrative like was attached to like dressing more provocative or you know like going out in a short skirt or something like that or wearing high heels in a short skirt but it's like you could be sexual you could present sexual in anything that you're wearing Mm -hmm. um and that's okay I think that we have to normalize that it's okay to be who you are and Mm -hmm. feel comfortable in your skin I'm I am definitely that person that's on the street like girl you do that you wear that like I am definitely (laughs) because we've been repressed for way too long. Yeah, absolutely. We deserve to celebrate each other and celebrate ourselves. Mm-hmm. Like there's no reason not to. Right. I remember hearing, <laughs> and I'm still tickled because I remember hearing um, Jasmine Sullivan's Hotels <laughs> for the first time. And, and I'm listening to it and I'm torn, right? <laughs> because, because this one part of me is like, 
oh my god this is dope and i'm listening to the songs and thinking been in almost every one of these situations <laughs> right and then on the other hand i'm thinking this is terrible this is so <laughs> like i really want to tell i really want to talk about this and and have this conversation of how i enjoy this entire album and how right. it's so true to who most of us as women have been at some point in time yeah. but I was so torn at the time with hmm the church would crucify me for this one right <laughs> listen I the way I think about church people is there are those who do it out in public and those who do it out in private that's true because there's a whole bunch of stuff that happened at the church and you have seen some people do some not Christian things at the church. That's and true. Like, at least I'm out here honest about mine because God going to see it. <laughs> God already see it when you do it in private. So right. you're not really hiding anything. Right. right. Like, um, But also if people only really read the Bible and knew how much sex was in it. <laughs> <laughs> that part. A whole bunch. Right. That um, actually part. in my sex therapy training, we spent like two weeks on sex in the Bible. We watched a documentary. We went through the Bible, like broke yeah. it down. So I'm like, come on people. Like <laughs> do your research. <laughs> right. See, I love that. I love that. So as we, um, as we get ready to wrap up, what is some advice you would give to to women mm -hmm. who are looking to kind of break out of the sex shame sex shame shell you know or that yeah. clutching my pearls and oh my gosh I don't want to talk about this what's some advice you would give you would give us I would I would give you all um the permission to be sexy and vulnerable and curious and just really like open to anything that you want this experience to be because it is an experience and it's a journey mm -hmm. and you know like you already have thoughts and feelings about things you're curious about or something that you'd be interested in trying or it or how you would want your body to respond to something right mm -hmm. and so I just I ask you to be open because there's a lot of different kinds of workshops to attend um, virtually or in person, documentaries mm -hmm. to watch, you know, books to read. There's lots of different ways to educate yourself. And so I really always encourage people to educate themselves about anything that they're willing to try, even if it's a toy. Okay. You can, you can well, I do toy reviews um, and, and I'm still going to be doing some more this year, but you know, like you can go on and, and look at the reviews or, you know, or read up on it or, you know, like consult a sex therapist to go over it or get a sex coach or things like that. Like there's a lot of resources out here now. So I just encourage you to be a student to mm -hmm. sex and really be open to learning and being receptive to some new knowledge that is going to help pleasure you. So speaking of toys, <laughs> for those who are naughty that are listening, <laughs> what would you say are some of your favorites or some that you would recommend? Um, some of my favorite toys, I have them all like in another room, but, um, one of my favorite toys is, um, one of the, it's like a, um, vibrator that goes in your panties and it has a remote to it. Uh, it has like a handheld remote and then it has a Bluetooth remote on your phone. Um, that's very fun for a date night. Mm -hmm. You give your partner all control to 
turn it up or turn it down or change mm -hmm. the patterns. It'd be a very fun evening. Um, I also recommend that for maybe couples that are working from home. It'd be a very fun time. Oh, that would be. <laughs> that would be. Listen, you want a Zoom in a call Zoom trying meeting. to hold it together, right? You want a Zoom call trying to hold it together. Um, but that can be really fun. It's like good long foreplay. Okay. So that's like one of my favorites. Um, when I was on the show, I actually took like 20 toys, but they only showed two. Uh -huh. um, and they told me to bring a bunch. And I knew that some would probably be edited out. Mm -hmm. um, but two of, uh, One of the ones I brought with me today is a glass dildo. And I actually had this one on the show. Um, people don't seem to really hear a lot about glass dildos, but they're pretty, they're, they're beautiful. Mm -hmm. Um, and they obviously have different grooves. So mm -hmm. typically people will put these in the freezer and then use them for penetration. And I, I remember a couple of people on the show were like, wait, I don't know that I want something that cold in my vagina, but in it's, theory, all, yeah. it's all about the, the temperature sensation. Okay. Um, and because, you better teach the people. Come yeah, on. it's all about temperature sensation. Um, okay. and you know, like for us, like our vaginas are just like, you know, like they're little warm pots. So it's like putting <laughs> something this cold in there, it mm. actually it doesn't feel as cold as what people would think. Um, uh, because there's so many layers, right, to the vulva. Uh, but the grooves feel really, really good uh, mm. when they're going in and out. Um, so I do love glass dildos, and so I had this one, I love in marriage. Mm -hmm. that's a familiar one this one is actually a really good beginners um vibrator I always recommend this one you can like find it on Amazon I can't remember the name of it but you can find it on Amazon and it's like it's very small but it has 10 different speeds okay and you can charge it with just a cord it's perfect to pack well, my mama will not be watching this episode <laughs> I already know I hope watching I, hey mom I hope mom is watching because you know what? mom still deserves to be pleasured too no matter how old she is mom still deserves to be pleasured too um but it has like 10 different speeds it's great to pack it take it on vacation you can carry this around and get purse um and you can use this by yourself or with a partner. Dad. And one of the special tips I give, um, I did, I do teach a blowjob class. Um, I, you can take this, put it on the side of your cheek during a blowjob. And then it feels like your mouth is a vibrator on top of his penis. Oh. Yeah. So you look like a real professional out here. <laughs> yeah. Oh. Oh. <laughs> Okay. Yeah. Right. So those yeah. are my recommendations. I also recommend one of the things I find that black women don't also talk about, um, or black men for that, for that matter. Um, don't talk about lubricant enough. Mm, and I okay. always encourage people to use lubricant because I know the porn makes, uh, saliva and spitting look desirable and <laughs> people really like it, but it holds so much bacteria and which is bad. Mm. Mm -hmm. for a woman's vagina it just holds the bacteria and that's how we get yeast infections and and the ph balance is off and all those things mm -hmm. so lubricant is much better for your vagina and it's really good for oral as well mm -hmm. um so i recommend wicked which oh. is a vegan lubricant um and so it's good for to go from oral to penetration so they have like 12 or like 15 different flavors they're all really good um and they're really safe for anybody to use since they're vegan based wow you know what so this this has been not just um <laughs> enlightening but 
I, I look, I think I may have to order a few things. I'm not sure. Yeah. <laughs> but anyway, thank you so much, Jen, for um, agreeing to come on and chat for a bit. So before you leave, make sure that you give, how can people get in touch with you? How can they get in touch with you and how can they follow you? Yeah, thank you. Thank you so much for having me. I appreciate it. I know we've been trying to make this happen for a while, so I appreciate you. Um, so you can find me on Instagram at sextherapistjen, um, or you can email me at sextherapistjen at gmail.com um, if you're interested in booking a, a workshop, a session if you're in the Virginia area, or just even a consultation. Um, okay. And I'm also sextherapistjen on Twitter as well. So. Okay. Now, do you travel for workshops? I do. If the money is right. I heard that the money is right. <laughs> if the money is right, I will travel. I heard that. All right. So thank you so much for being with us. And guys, that is it. Um, make sure that if you are not following already, that you do follow us on social media, on both Facebook and Instagram. You can follow us at We Trashed It. Um, on both platforms. If you're interested in being on the show, you can email us at we, we trashed it at gmail.com. So make sure that you like, subscribe, share. And until next time, we'll see you. See ya. Bye. <laughs>